My friends, this is one the one time during the year where we have a bilingual mass. I don't think anybody particularly likes bilingual masses because you get to understand 50% and we try to use the screens to help. But I think it's important because these days especially, we in the United States are becoming more tribal. And what I mean by tribal is, you know, uh, Hispanics versus Anglos versus blacks versus gays versus Democrats versus Republicans versus conservatives versus liberals and can go on and on and infinitely. And the word Catholic is the exact opposite of tribal. And so it's important, even though we have different language masses, that we uh, gather as one, even though we have many different cultures and many different languages, at least once a year, to remember who we are. Allow me now to say the same thing in Spanish. I was telling everybody that uh, I know I have fame for giving very short homilies. That's what you heard people laughing about. But I am going to try because uh, I'm going to try. There's only really two questions on the table. Who is Jesus and what is he doing? Those are the main two questions. We don't necessarily care too much about, no, we care, just the teaching of Jesus is not original. Love one another is been taught by many different sages throughout history. Not as he loved us, but it's been taught by many different sages. But who is Jesus? I'm not going to spend any time on that because we know he is God made human. And I could spend time on that, but that's not the important part. The question is, especially tonight, on the anniversary, the yearly anniversary of the institution of the Last Supper, what is he doing? What is he doing? Because you have to understand it through Jewish eyes. If you don't put on a Jewish lens, you don't get it. I think that's my chief problem with, with um, a lot of people is that we don't study and so we don't get it because you're looking at it through 20th, 21st century North American or Hispanic eyes and it doesn't make sense. So what's happening? You notice that in the first reading, the church gives us the story of the liberation of Israel from slavery in the Last Supper. I mean, in the, in the, not the Last Supper, it's the liberation of slavery in the Passover, okay? Now, I want you to notice what the Passover has to be done, what you have to do in the Passover. There has to be a lamb, and it has to be a spotless lamb, and the lamb has to be sacrificed, and then the lamb, the blood of the lamb, uh, goes on top of the doorposts, and 
you have to eat of the lamb. The sacrifice is not complete when you, if you don't eat of the lamb. Now, you've got to keep your eyes on that, on that process, because that's what God told the Jewish people to do. Why? So that they would remember that what he was about to do. The meal, the meal of Passover, occurred the night before God brought them out of Egypt. So the meal is connected to the meaning of the liberation. You have to remember that. Now keep your eyes on the lamb, the blood, and the eating, and the fact that it's connected to the liberation of Israel from slavery in Egypt. Now fast forward to Jesus. Jesus is constantly speaking about his hour has not yet come. Jesus is not a victim. I want you to notice that Jesus is setting up, he's setting up his own arrest and the way that it's going to happen. He picks the time. He picks the place. He puts this actors in place. So, Last Sunday, we celebrated Palm Sunday and Passion Sunday because Jesus comes into Jerusalem. He knows what's about to happen. And it's happening the day before the Passover. That night, I mean, that night, they're going to eat the Passover because Israel, every year, used to eat it, remembering the deliberation from Egypt, from slavery. And that night, the apostles have been told to go and prepare for the Passover. Jesus comes into, into uh, Jerusalem, and he is, knows exactly what he's going to do. He has planned it. God has planned this. And so now he gets to the Last Supper. And remember, this is the Passover Supper. They're commemorating and replicating and doing again what the Jews did several thousand years before that to be liberated. And then at this moment, Jesus does takes the Last Supper, but he turns it upside down. Now, why do I say he turns it upside down? Because what's happening is that at this Last Supper, did you notice there is no mention of a lamb. There's no lamb. And so when Jesus sits down at the Last Supper, his disciples are a little bit confused because where's the lamb? And what Jesus does is he takes the bread and he says, this is my body, eat it. And this is my blood. What is he saying? There's no lamb because I am the lamb. I am the lamb that is going to be sacrificed. Now stop there. You notice in the ancient world, in the ancient world, people always related to God by killing animals or people in order to worship God. Human sacrifice was normal, not among the Jews, but among all of the pagans, human sacrifice was normal. 
God had told the Jews not to sacrifice human beings, but they would sacrifice animals. But notice the pattern. The pattern is we are sinful people, and in order to please you, God, in order to please you, we're offering you a human body or we're offering you this animal. Here's this animal. And then they would burn the animal and you had to eat the animal because they were celebrating the Passover. They were replicating what happened before. But it's humans offering an animal to please God. Now here's Jesus celebrating the Last Supper. There is no animal. He is the animal. He is the Lamb of God. You hear it every Sunday. I, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What's happening? As human beings would sacrifice animals to please God, Jesus is reversing it. Jesus is going to allow himself to be sacrificed to please us, meaning to forgive our sins. He is going to be sacrificed. This is the exact opposite. Instead of us offering an animal to God, God is offering himself as a sacrifice for us. That's exactly. And why is he doing it? He's doing it because there is a liberation. Just like the liberation from slavery in Egypt, there is a liberation. And what's the liberation? The, our liberation. Now you might say, what do you mean our liberation? We're not slaves. Yes, you are. And I won't go through this whole thing because I got to do it in Spanish too. Okay? You know why you're a slave? You know what the definition of a slave is? A slave is somebody who's made to do something that they have no choice. And you have to do it. There's no way out. Are you going to die? Is there any way out for you? Is there any way out for you before everything that you've worked for, everyone that you love is destroyed totally? One by one, each of your families is going to be taken away from you. Each one of us is going to be destroyed with everything we care about. And you and I are a slave to death. And what Jesus is going to do is he is saying the slavery of the Egyptians, the slavery of the Jews from the Egyptians was only a little symbol of the deeper slavery of all of us humanity to evil and to death. And without that liberation, without God coming to rescue us, we're all dead meat. Dead meat. But the point is, he is going to allow himself to be crucified and to be sacrificed for us. He is a sacrifice for us. And we are liberated from the deepest slavery of all humanity. Why do you think whenever we celebrate the Eucharist and we proclaim the gospel, we say, this is the gospel, the good news of the Lord. Why is it good news? Because without the good news of the resurrection, the death and resurrection, the sacrifice of Jesus, we are all dead meat. But in Jesus, allows himself to be sacrificed for us. Instead of us sacrificing an animal for him, he sacrifices himself for us and gives us the gift of eternal life. Folks, if you don't get it, and let me tell you, I think most of the young people who are here, <clears throat> maybe some of you get it. I didn't get it until I was a much older man because you haven't suffered. You think you're going to live forever. But those of you who are young, 
buckle up, baby. You don't know what's coming to you. Okay, buckle up. Old age, my mom used to tell me, don't get old. Boy, do I know that. Okay, don't get to buckle up. That's why it's good news. And so tonight, we're celebrating the great news. Right after the homily, what I'm going to do is wash, what we're going to do is wash feet. Why? Because that's the path. The path to joining Jesus in eternal life, realizing our hopes, is not the path of being served. It's the path of loving your neighbor as yourself. Folks, this is the best news. I'll end with this. Until you're drowning, until you get it that you're drowning, rescue doesn't mean a darn thing. But when you start experiencing the drowning, which every single one of us is going to experience, because not a single one of us is getting out of this world alive. Not a single one of us. When you start experiencing that, you're going to get it. And you're going to get why it's good news. Now I'm switching to Spanish.